Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is March 22nd, 2019, 6.18 p.m. Got some news to go over with you, but first, let's get the fact checks and follow-ups out of the way. Fact check from last podcast. Latavius Murray did not play at the Vikings when Adrian Peterson was there. Oh. I know. I thought he was uh, back up behind Adrian Peterson. Must have been afterwards when they were trying to replace him. Yes. Uh, Murray was a starter in 2017, then became second behind Dalvin Cook in 2018. He came in the league in 2013, was drafted 181st overall in the sixth round by the Oakland Raiders. Uh, He played with the Raiders from 2013 to 2016, but he was placed on injured reserve August 27, 2013, before the start of the regular season. So he didn't play in 2013. But he did play four years with the Raiders and then signed with the Vikings on March 16, 2017. I had no idea he has been in the league that long. Six years? Long time. Yeah. We don't know nothing. Nothing, apparently. <laughs> Why do we even have a podcast? I don't know. We like to talk out of our asses. There we go. Another fact check. Saquon Barkley was not the only running back drafted in the first round last year. Rashad Penny and Sony Michael both were drafted in the first round. Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey were drafted in the first round in 2017. Ezekiel Elliott was drafted in the first round in 2016. Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon were drafted in the first round in 2015. No running backs were drafted in the first round in 2014 and 2013. 2012 saw three running backs drafted in the first round, including our very own Doug Martin. So we were talking about how running backs just aren't drafted in the first round anymore. We were wrong. It's only been two years in the past decade where there were not running backs drafted in the first round. And all those running backs that were drafted in the first round have gone on to be pretty darn good. Well, I will say that given how important the running back position is, I'm surprised not more are drafted in the first round. I mean, you're getting just a couple a year, maybe one in the first round every year. Yeah, and they're they're drafted higher than I thought, too. But they're just not as important anymore. You know, you don't get those workhorse running backs like you used to. I mean, every team used to have the workhorse running back, but now very few teams do. So running back's just not that much of a priority anymore. I mean, I, I remember when running backs would go to top three just about every year. Yeah. Well, and the league is really getting away from that and – going more towards passing. You see it with the rules being in favor of passing, the quarterback protections. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. Follow up on the two women coaches that were hired by Bruce Arians. Their names are Moral Jaffa Defar. <laughs> what? I, I doubt if I got that right. And Lori Locust. Uh, Moral, I guess that's how you say her name, Moral, Merrill. She's the assistant strength and conditioning coach. She played four years of basketball at Pace University and graduated from Pace University with a bachelor's in molecular biology, and then went to New York Medical College and got her doctor of physical therapy. Now, a DPT, as they are called, is not a physician and cannot prescribe medications. Uh, She was a physical therapist at Bodies in Motion Physical Therapy in Fairfax, Virginia, then went on to work as a physical therapist, therapist at Avant Physical Therapy in Seattle. Now, the doctors of physical therapy degree has been quite controversial. Uh, It's been described as an example of credential creep or degree inflation. There's been a lot of conflict over, like, chiropractors call themselves doctors and therapists and stuff because they're not accredited by the AMA, the American Medical Association. Okay. They're basically, they just develop these programs and they say, hey, we're going to call you a doctor. There was a report done called 
I can't remember what the report was called, but it was in the Chronicle of Higher Education, uh, citing concerns that the doctor of physical therapy and similar professional doctorates in areas such as occupational therapy do not meet the standards of traditional doctorate degrees. So interesting. They can call themselves doctors, but it's not considered proper etiquette. Interesting. I, you know, I have a cousin that has a doctorate in physical therapy. Really? I do. And she heads a nursing home. She's in a nursing home. Well, she heads the physical therapy department in a nursing home. Interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, she went to school for eight years to do that. It was pretty grueling. Yeah. Reading up on this, uh, I think that... I didn't realize it was so controversial. Well, you know, the AMA likes to control Kick everything. the ladder out yes. is what they want to do. Yeah. Lori Locust is the assistant defensive line coach. She has an interesting pedigree, much more intense than morale as far as football is concerned. Uh, she joined the Buccaneers after working as a defensive line coach for the Birmingham Iron of the AAF oh. uh, during the league's inaugural season this spring. In 2018, she served as a defensive coaching intern for the Baltimore Ravens during the team's training camp. And from 2017-18, worked as a defensive line linebackers coach and co-special teams coordinator of the Lehigh Valley Steelhawks of the National Arena League. Interesting. So she's got a little bit of coaching experience. Well, and again, this kind of is Bruce Arian's M.O., where he takes people that wouldn't necessarily have a chance and gives them a chance. He likes to do it with players Mm -hmm. who maybe haven't gotten a fair shake or they've had something in their past and they just need a second chance. Yes. Uh, She also played football. She's a native of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Yes. And graduated from Sequahana Township High School, where she worked as an assistant coach from 2010 to 2018. I am very impressed with your pronunciation there. <laughs> that's a, that that's a big word. spot on. Did you practice beforehand? No. <laughs> what? Uh, she also held roles as an assistant coach with the Central Penn Piranha, a semi-professional team in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania from 2013 to 2016, uh, the DMV Elite Semi-Professional Team from 2016 to 18, and the Keystone Assault of the Women's Football Alliance from 2017 to 2018. As she began her coaching career following four years as a player in women's semi-professional football. So she has played. Interesting. Yes. Where did she play? Don't know. Well, I do know that she attended Temple University, but I don't think that's where she played football. Oh. Maybe she played in the, the lingerie football league. Oh, my called? gosh, Ralph. <laughs> what? Hey, it's legitimate. legitimate. They have trophies and everything. Right. Uh, Locus's ex-husband played under Arians at Temple and suited up alongside Todd Bowles. Uh, he was a former Owls player who's now Tampa Bay's defensive coordinator. So they have history. Todd Bowles is the defensive coordinator. Yes, Todd okay. Bowles is the, temp- the defensive <laughs> coordinator a- for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> this is a Buccaneers podcast. Thank you. <laughs> it's just word of Because it sounded like you were talking about her ex-husband. No, he played with Todd Bowles. Bowles. For the Owls. Oh, so there's some connection there, yes. which we've seen all through the coaching staff. Yes, and she wrote Phenomenal. a letter. She wrote an email to Arians when he, she found out that he was going to be hiring women coaches. And she threw that in the title. She said, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something like, I want to try this, seeing as how we have a connection. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you al- know, sometimes all you have to do is just ask for the chance. What's the worst they can say is no. Right. Yeah. You know, hey. good for her. That's how you do it. And she sounds like she's... She definitely wants to prove her worth. Yeah. She's the, the some of the quotes I've read from her. She's she said she hasn't checked any social media or anything. She's uh, really anxious to get involved with the the playbook and work on the new schemes. 
said she's got a lot of work to do. And she said she wants to make this so that people know she got the job for her skill and not because she's a woman. Exactly. And, you know, some of the criticism, and I think we said this as well, that, you know, we just want to make sure that they're qualified and they didn't get hired just because they're women. Right. And yeah. for her to come out and say that, that's, it, you know. And it could be a huge distraction. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion that this is football is a zero sum game. If you put a lot of energy into one aspect, say the defense, that's just less energy you can put in the offense. And I feel the same way about this. You know, if they're going to put all this energy into making this inclusion, diversity, whatever, then that means their energy, that's energy they can't put somewhere else. I just hope it doesn't become a distraction. I know it's been on the news all over the place. CNN has done specials on it and all oh. this good stuff. So, But then it also gives good publicity for the team, and that's good marketing. You know, that's how you build a fan base, too. Well, I'd rather build a fan base by winning. <laughs> but Well, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Why did you become a fan of the Buccaneers? Hardy Nickerson. You like their uniforms. Hardy Nickerson. The uniform change didn't hurt. It just happened to coincide with you a, I, choosing that team. I was a fan of Hardy Nickerson. When he went to the Buccaneers, I said, oh, my gosh, because back then the Buccaneers were the Yuccaneers. And I I just was like, man, I don't know if I could root for these guys. And then they changed their uniform. And I was like, that's cool. I can root for them. And then, of course, they just went crazy after that. of a Sapp and Lynch and Brooks and Allstott and Dunn. And you just couldn't help but love that team. I've made my case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Locus has also attended the NFL's Women's Careers and Football Forum in 2017 and 18 and earned her internship with the Ravens through the Bill Walsh Diversity Fellowship. Well, to me, it sounds like she's worked her butt off to get where she is, and I'm glad that she's got the opportunity. Yeah. I'm not it. all like gung ho, yeah, women, but go for it. Well, you know, here's the thing it could be. You know, I mean, these women are going to have to prove themselves. Yeah. I mean, they're getting the spotlight thrown on them. And, and they might it's really, almost twice as hard. Right. They're really you know, going to have to work back. harder. But see, there, here's another issue I have with this. They talked about with the interview with Locus, how she was talking about how when she went to these symposiums and forums and all this stuff, that she always had to go up many levels in the buildings to use the women's bathroom because there were so few women involved in these things that they would convert the women's bathrooms to men's bathrooms on the levels where all the guys were at. Well, that's going to be an issue. Anytime women come into a predominantly male arena, things have to change. You know, things like bathrooms, locker rooms, and all that good stuff. But one thing that I worry about with this influx of women in the NFL is going to be sexual assault accusations and things like that. It could just turn into a mess. Well, remember, Peyton Manning was accused of it with, like, right? a female the, trainer. Right. And this female trainer, Marl, or whatever her name is, she's kind of cute. And she's going to be a physical therapist, a physical assistant. She's going to be touching all up on these guys and everything. So, Well, it's not the first time that she's been down that road. Uh, this is true, I but it, tell it, you. it's probably the first time she's done it to multimillionaires. <laughs> so things could get hairy. I hope it doesn't. I hope everybody conducts themselves professionally. We don't have any Peyton Mannings running loose <laughs> or Brett Favre's taking oh my gosh. dick pics and sending them to his. Right. There's like such a long line of it. It's just whatever. I don't uh, even. All right. Let's get into some more Buccaneer news. That wraps up for the uh, follow-ups and fact checks. Remember the Rick Stroud article he wrote? I think it was about a month ago. We talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast where he said Gerald McCoy is going to stay with the Buccaneers. Right. And that spawned 15,000 articles and people talking on shows and podcasts about it. And we said Rick Stroud didn't quote any sources. And he only said that the front office at One Buck Place 
said that Gerald McCoy could fit in the new defense. And to me, it seemed like it was an opinion piece, and then everybody just ran with it as fact that Rick Stroud had said that Gerald McCoy is reporting that it's definitive that Gerald McCoy is staying. Right. Right. Well, funny thing, he, he Rick Stroud wrote another article uh, about a week ago saying that they have no choice but to cut Gerald McCoy. What? I know. <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah. He says, quote, it's been speculated many times before. McCoy is owed $13 million in salary in 2019, but none of it is guaranteed. Maybe that shoe never drops, but privately, the Bucks have been all over the board when it comes to discussing McCoy, end quote. He then quotes a Bleacher Report in the article about them saying that they have to cut McCoy in order to even pay the rookies, which that's erroneous, but, you know, the draft guys. Yeah. But, I mean, come on, Rick Shaw, which is it? I mean, are you saying Jerry McCoy's definitely staying, or are you saying that he has to be cut? Right, and... Why aren't you addressing that publicly? Why the discrepancy? You know, it just kind of knocks your credibility down, I think, a few notches. I think so. From my personal opinion, I think that Rick Stroud wrote an opinion piece about Gerald McCoy. It got picked up as fact. He didn't backtrack it, and he did not tell everybody, whoa, 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 that was just an opinion piece. And then all this information started coming out about Gerald McCoy might be getting cut. So he's trying to... Uh, burn the candle at both ends, basically. Play both sides of the fence. Oh. It's just what it seems like to me. Yeah, that that was bad. Yeah. He really should have thought twice about that one. Funny thing is, is the article where he says that McCoy needs to get cut was not picked up by everybody. Like the article that... Oh, that's funny. We should have yeah. retweeted it. Well, is it, is it, it on was, Tampa Bay Times? Yes. But Behind it was, the paywall. Yes, but it was kind of buried. Well, so was his last article. Right. But... He just kind of wrote it, threw it out there, and didn't... I mean, he didn't tweet it or nothing. Wow. Yeah. I think it's so that if it happens, if McCoy gets cut, he can point back to this and say, well, I, I wrote an article saying that he needs to be cut. And if Jerry McCoy doesn't get cut, he can point back to his other article and say, see, I told you. <laughs> That's funny. Rick, come on. Tighten up the game there, buddy. Vinny yeah. Curry has re-signed with the Eagles on a one-year deal worth $2.25 million. This seems to be a trend with the Buccaneers. Let's see. Curry goes from the Eagles to the Bucks, back to the Eagles after one year. J.R. Sweezy goes from the Seahawks to the Bucks, back to the Seahawks after one year. Michael Johnson goes from the Bengals to the Bucks, back to the Bengals after one year. Cutter goes from the Falcons uh-huh. to the Bucks, back to the Falcons. But it took him, what, four, four or five years, years to yeah. do it? <laughs> I mean, what is going on? Are they just coming and getting our playbooks and then going back and saying, right. hey? No, they're getting a big, fat payday. Big, fat payday, yeah. Yeah, Curry took a little bit of a pay cut going back to the Eagles. Well, he should have. Well, you know, he wasn't bad. He had some injury issues, but when he played, he played well, I thought. I hated to see him go. I thought he was a good rotational player. Yeah. But JPP just way outperformed him. Yeah. According to Greg Allman at The Athletic, Alan Cross, our ex-tight end slash fullback who claimed he retired, met with the Kansas City Chiefs for a free agent visit this week. Apparently, Alan Cross has not officially retired. Yeah, that was some BS. Um, but I saw that the Chiefs signed a different fullback. Uh, but were they looking at him for a fullback or tight end? I know the tight end market has been crazy. Oh. They're getting huge money. I think Alan Cross saw that and he was like, I'm going to put my hat in the <laughs> ring. Try and get me some millions. Good luck to Alan Cross, though. Well, you know. Don't go to a team that we have to play. Right. Like, make up your mind, buddy. I thought he already took a coaching job at a college. That's what I thought, too. So, but who knows? I mean, maybe that fell through. Um, maybe he's just looking for money. Maybe I don't know. He did the math and realized 
He's only what, like twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, that eight hundred ninety thousand ain't gonna last ain't gonna, him. Very ain't gonna long. last you for the next sixty years, there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buccaneers cheerleaders open call auditions is on March thirtieth at the Advent Health Training Center at One Buccaneer Place. If you want to go, uh, parking lot fourteen. Registration is at nine a.m. You must have a photograph, a completed application that you get from Buccaneers.com, and two pieces of aerobic dance attire, as well as comfortable dance shoes. Uh, Saturday, April 6th at 1 p.m., the doors open at 12.30 p.m., are the final audition showcase held at Advent Health Training Center. This is open and free to the public. This is where they're going to basically show off the, the, the women who have made it through the gauntlet. These are the finals? These are the finals. Okay. So if you are interested, go to that. Show them some support. I don't know if anybody out there uh, ever followed Lindsay Bell on YouTube. She had a YouTube channel. She was a Buccaneer. She got pregnant a year ago and had a kid, so she's not involved with the cheerleading. She's still friends with them and everything, but she did a lot of uh, vlogging with Buccaneer friends of hers, and that was really interesting. I like that. Now, she didn't do as much detail about the Buccaneers' process and the cheerleaders and all that as I would have liked. It was much. It was more about her personal life and everything, but... I'd really like to see them do more of that. Uh, I know they had, a couple seasons ago, they had a show on TV down there showing the Buccaneers' auditions and the, the trials and tribulations, kind of like a reality show, and that was really interesting. Uh, but I would like to see, I think it'd be interesting if more of the cheerleaders did that, uh, you know, a vlog, you know, be more personable, you know, show behind the scenes, because they do some really neat and interesting stuff. I mean, they definitely do a lot of charity work and everything. And kind of learn their personalities and who they are and... Yes, you know, because they all do kind of blend together, you know, and every year they're like the, the football team, their roster turns over mm-hmm. quite a bit. And so you, it, it's hard to get to know them, but I think it'd be interesting if they did that. So if any of you Buccaneer cheerleaders are out there listening, do a vlog, man. It'd be cool. Show us some behind the scenes stuff. Lindsay Bell did that last year with the Buccaneers audition. She went and did uh, with uh, the Buccaneers.com. She wasn't with the cheerleading group anymore because she was pregnant. But she did a little series behind the scenes. It was pretty good. If you're into that stuff, check it out. Here's something else I did not know. Bruce Arians' son, Jake Arians, has a fantasy football podcast. He's on Twitter, too. Yeah, I know. Kind of a Twitter person. Oh, we did. Yeah, I saw him. I was like, oh, check it out. Uh, His podcast is called TD Fantasy, and uh, it's hosted with Paige Demakos and Jamie Eisner, as well as Jake Arians. He talked about on his uh, the last podcast here talking about free agency, and his, he said his dad told him he's very bored with free agency. Yeah, because they can't can't get anybody. Oh, and he talked about how the players are just getting way so much money, and the Buccaneers don't have any money. Oh. So Aaron's is seeing all these good players go to other teams. He's like, I'd love to get involved with that, but I can't because we ain't got no money. Yeah, that's got to be frustrating, especially first year you're coming into that situation. Right? Yeah, I mean, look at uh, Giano and Lovey and yeah. Cutter. I mean, they they could buy just about anybody they wanted. Right. Who'd they buy? Michael Johnson, boo. <laughs> we got Anthony Vincent Collins. Jackson. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Darrell Revis. I've got some Buccaneers news. What you got? You know, a lot of the colleges are having their pro days. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I think the the players just go out there and like show their stuff, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, but Todd Bowles himself went to the University of Kentucky. Now this is where Edge rusher Josh Allen Josh plays. Allen. Yeah, he's the big one. He's going to go off the board quick. So Joe Buck fan is like, it's kind of a big deal that Bowles went himself and didn't send like an assistant or the defensive line coach or 
somebody else. He went in person. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's so much smokescreen going on at this time of year. That's true. And we have been a little tricky. Yes. This off season. So I'd be not. I'd love for us to get an edge rusher. That's our top five pick. And if we get Josh Allen, that'd be awesome. But I don't think he'll be there by the time it gets to us. Okay, explain an edge rusher to me because what's the difference defensive between? Defensive. I know it's a defensive end, but it, but is it just someone who specializes in pass rushing? Yeah, well, I mean, we call them edge rushers because in our system they're going to be an outside linebacker. They're going to be the linebacker that lines up where defensive ends normally do in mm-hmm. the four three. And yes, they basically rush the quarterback. Depending, you know, they go into coverage too. But in the three four, there's another defensive end on the other side, though, right? The linebackers on one side. No, it's going to be two linebackers. Two linebackers ba- on the outside of the defensive line. Right. Basically, what we'll have is two linebackers on the outside of the defensive line. Sometimes we we'll only have one, depending. On okay. The I mean, it's it's depends on the play. Right. See, the four three difference is very standard. You got four defensive linemen and three linebackers behind them. Right. With the three four defense, you've got three defensive linemen and then four linebackers behind them generally, and two of those linebackers play defensive end basically so what do you have on the defensive line you can have you'll have generally five I know you guys. have like i know but just then yeah, no linebackers don't tell me about the linebackers you'll have tell a nose tackle them. and two defensive tackles on the outside no on the, the defensive inside. tackle i mean i don't want to talk about the linebackers i right. just want to talk about right i'm talking about on the so the, the nose tackles in the middle yes. and then the defensive tackles on either side of the nose tackle right and then a linebacker on either side of them right okay I follow you. Why are we doing a podcast again? <laughs> well, we don't the, know nothing about you're football. You're the scheme guy. I don't really. I'm not much of a scheme guy. Well, you know the plays and the I, positions I, and what they're supposed to be doing. I guess compared to to me, a 14 year old high school girl, <laughs> I might be a scheme guy. But you know, what? I watch football for the beer and to watch dudes hit each other. There you go. That's pretty much the same reason why I watch football. <laughs> the Mike Glennon signed. <laughs> Really? Can you guess who he's oh talking about? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Let me let me see. Let me see. Oakland. Yes. Oh no! Are you serious? <laughs> I got that right. Wow. Now see, I could see Tony Dungy. Uh, not Tony Dungy. The other one. Chucky. The other one. Chuck. <laughs> Chucky. I wonder Chucky. what he feels about the new Chucky movie coming out. Anyhow, he's probably mad they didn't call him for a cameo. He might be in it. Okay. I wouldn't surprise me at yeah. all. Anyhow, I I could really see Chucky liking Mike Glennon. He's he is. Chucky's type of quarterback. A Trent Dilfer. He didn't like Trent Dilfer. <laughs> he likes those veterans that are very safe and aren't limelight-seeking guys. Because, oh. you know, when, when it comes to Chucky's football team, that is Gruden's football team. Yeah. It's not – you can't have a star on the team bigger than him. Okay, let's talk about what he's done to Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, Khalil Mack, gone. That, that really made him look like an idiot. He, he hates Derek Carr, brings in a veteran to compete for that position. Is he competing? I don't know. So now you're Glennon. causing some quarterback controversy, right? Then you bring in Diva Antonio Brown. Oh, that's going to be a disaster. Like, what is he thinking here? Oh, Donald Penn. Get rid of Donald Penn. I don't know. What the f- I just, uh, it, it's going to be a, a shit show like, in Oakland for a long time. He's just like setting a match to that locker room. <laughs> Julio Jones is closing in on a four or five year extension with the Falcons that would pay him $20 million a year. Whoa. Per Mike Freeman NFL. <laughs> How do they have this money? They don't. They play, they pay Garrett 
what, sixteen million? They're paying yeah. Matt Ryan was it like twenty eight million, close Something. to thirty? Yeah. Man. That's a third of their salary cap with just those three guys. Well, we're no different. Jameis is making twenty five, Mike Williams is making twenty, and then we paid Jerome McCoy thirteen. You hush your mouth. And JPP <laughs> is making what, fourteen? Is he making that much this year? He's making more than McCoy. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So Well, as of now, we don't know. I'm telling you, they're going to have to cut somebody. They're going to have to cut some of these. I've heard that Jason Light and I don't know if Bruce Arians was in the lumped in this group, but they cut people as needed. Right. So when the need arises. Yeah, I imagine after the draft is when we're going to find out. Yeah. I wouldn't. Be, it wouldn't shock me if they did cut JPP. It wouldn't shock me if they did cut McCoy. It wouldn't shock me if they cut both of them. Yeah. To be honest with you. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, neither one of those guys play in a 3-4 defense. Right. And I remember McCoy saying he would never play in a 3-4 defense. Yeah, that was a few years ago, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all I've got for the news. I watched 2017 Week 1 Shaquille Barrett against, when he was at Denver, against the L.A. Chargers last night. Watched the game film on it. Uh, cut it all up. I'm going to have it up on the website probably sometime mid-next week. What I want to do is, is show every single play. Saw some interesting things, and this goes with what we had talked about him before. Uh, but he did play a lot better in 2017. We watched him in 2015. Yeah. He's definitely more into contact. He wasn't avoiding contact as much in the film I think I the speed of the game is a huge adjustment for yes. young players. You see it all the time. And yeah. I think... Look at Vita Vea last yeah. year. I mean. Well, and our secondary... Like Justin yes. Evans, mm-hmm. Ryan Smith, like JV and Elliot, Jordan Whitehead, and MJ Stewart, these young guys. It's just, I think it's just so much faster right. than what they experience in college. I think there's a huge catch up. And Ian Beckles actually said, I don't care where you're drafted. I don't care how good you are in college. You come into the NFL and you are not a good football player. <laughs> <laughs> Your first year. He said, you're just bad. It just, everybody is. Yeah. He was. You just are. There, there's an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, everybody I can think of, I'd say that about, you know, to, to Gerald McCoy. First two years he was here, you know, he didn't really do much. Yeah. He got hurt. He was on an injured reserve. The running back sometimes, running backs generally can, can pop off the I think year. they catch other players off guard. Saquon Barkley. Hmm. I think you don't have a lot of film on them in the NFL. You don't know how the team's going to use them. It's just like running quarterback. Yes, good point. Or Shaquille Bennett. Barrett. Barrett. Shaquille Barrett. Shaquille Barrett. I could say this about him. All the game film I've watched, he has minimum one fantastic play per game. Okay. Where you go, wow, that was really good. That was a play. Every every game I've watched so far, I've had one one play. And he doesn't make mistakes. He, He seems to always be in position... I mean, when I say he doesn't avoid physical contact now like he did in 2015, he's still not, like, up in the holes and and scrumming with everybody. But he does. He'll set the edge. He's very good at getting the runner to cut inside. Uh, Going into coverage, he's pretty good. He... I saw him against tight ends and running backs. Nobody caught the ball on him. Seems like he's got pretty good feet. He's fast. We've talked about that. I mean, the guy's got a second gear that's pretty interesting. Uh, But he... Is very, very good about getting to the quarterback. Oh. Yeah, if you leave an opening, he's coming in. There's no stopping him. He's just going to blaze through. So he's not a liability, and he's going to make an extraordinary play at least once a game. At least once a game, he's going to pop something What more can you ask for? Right. Well, that's very promising. Yes. 
Yeah, he's not that great in the run game, you know, run stopping. Yeah. But like I said, he, you know, causes the running backs to. But to that's distract. an efficiency that the linebackers can compensate for. Right. Well, he is a linebacker. <laughs> the other linebackers. Other linebackers? No, yeah. then no. That didn't make my point at all. <laughs> Damn it. I keep forgetting. This, this scheme is confusing. <laughs> yes, it is. But it's very exciting. Uh, watching. <laughs> You know, been watching all these guys on the three four defenses. I've always been with the Buccaneers, and they've always had a four three defense, always. Yeah. And this is the first time that I'll ever do a game film on a three four defense all year. I'm excited about it. Watching it, I mean, these guys are all over the place, and it's really hard when you're watching the the film to figure out what they're going to do with four three. You kind of basically know what's going to happen. Yeah. Front four guys going to rush, and yeah, like that's all I've ever watched too, and so I understand it. Right. Yeah. They, with the, with the three four and Todd Bowles, I, I can't wait to watch more game film on his defenses. But, yeah, the, these guys are all over the place. So you never know what they're doing. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. It's going to be different for Buccaneer fans. Very, very different. We've never had this before. It's going to be a weird adjustment. Like, I've never even really watched a 3-4 defense. Everyone in our – I mean, of course, watching all the other teams in the league. But mm-hmm. yeah. I don't pay attention to other teams that closely besides the ones in our division. Right. And they're all four threes, right, for the most part. Uh, Atlanta switched to three, four. Okay. But they were never that good. <laughs> yeah, they're more of a hybrid. Right, right. right. Which I think we're going to be. I think we're going to be more three, four than anything. But the the interesting thing about it is what Arians has said and Bowles has said, that these these are attack defenses. You know, I mean, these guys go at the quarterback. And gosh, we haven't seen aggression in a defense oh. since Shiano, yeah, right? right. It, yeah, it's been, They've been very passive. It's been horrible to watch. Yeah. Especially, you know, because I'm a defensive guy and, you know, watching this defense that's been on the field in Tampa Bay, we, to be honest, just since we won the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. it's just, I mean, Shiano came in, he brought some run stuffing and some toughness, but, you know, that only lasted for a year or two and the back end was just a mess. They were yeah. beating us over the top like crazy, but, you know, it's going to be fun. I love defense and I can't wait to see us to start attacking the quarterbacks. And we really need to do that in our division because we've got three of the best quarterbacks in the oh, league. Gosh. That's so frustrating. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> why can't we be like the AFC East? Well, then we'd have to play the Patriots. You mean, why can't we be the Patriots? Yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> have a division like the AFC East where, we where we're the top dog. Oh, yeah, for we're 20 years. Team. Right. Partly because um, the other three teams yeah. suck. Yeah. Well, you know, even the NFC West, like, they were good for a couple of years there, but they're inconsistent. The yeah. Seahawks, Cardinal. We could play in that division. Right, yeah. Look at the Cardinals, <laughs> how far they've fallen. Yeah. And, you know, if we had Miami, we played twice. It's been since the 80s that I can remember since Miami has been a good football <laughs> team. How crazy is that? You know, consistently good. Uh, same thing with the Bills, the 80s. Yeah. Since they were good. I mean, no wonder New England just trounces everybody. Yeah. The Jets, too. I don't ever remember the Jets being good. They were good like one year with Matt Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, these teams, they'll all have a year or two where they're decent or yeah. they're good. But then, you know, I'm talking about. Maybe the Patriots just like beat the snot out of them <laughs> and then they lose all hope. <laughs> Will to live. Belichick just, he messes with that division so bad. You yeah. know, these guys, they, you know, they hire coaches to beat specifically to beat Belichick. And those these coaches come in and they're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. And then the season opens up and Belichick has totally changed his team, their scheme and everything. And the coaches are like, what? Yeah. We didn't plan for this. 
What if you just plan on the Patriots games being a wash? So that's only two losses. And you just focus on the other two teams in your division. I mean, mathematically, it makes sense to do it that way. There you go. That's how you just do it. go, we're not beating the Patriots, so let's move on. You know, the Jets should hire you as their next head coach. Who was going to be the first woman head coach? That's going to be a big one. Yeah, I maybe think that's be, a, Maybe it would be one of these assistants we Yeah, got. maybe. I think it's start. a few years off. Yeah, it'll probably five, five ten years. years. Yeah. That's not something you take lightly. I mean, coaching the NFL team. No. And there's so many coaches that come in, they get the chance one time, and, and then boom, that's, it. that's it. Like Cutter. Well, Bruce Arians, look how long it took him to get a head coaching gig. And he yep. coached and he, the likes of Peyton Manning, Ben Roll. Oh, my God. Is that like you Dog toys. I don't yeah, you know he, Big Ben from Pittsburgh. He coached <laughs> Big that ben. guy. Stick with that; it's easier to say. Uh, well, and, and Arians <laughs> only got the job because of luck, uh, not yeah. luck, Andrew Luck, but because of chance, you right? Know? Chuck Pagano. When Pagano got sick, that was when Arians right. was able to step in, and then everybody went, "Oh, this guy was pretty good." Yeah. Yeah, and it happens all the time, like you said, where coaches come in, they they work thirty, forty years, they finally get a head coaching job, they they do it for three years, they suck, and then that's it. Yeah, done. Like remember um, Joe Philbin? Oh yes. You know yeah, he, he can't. Well, that was another one. Miami didn't he take over? Or no, he took over like in Green Bay. Yeah, I think when so what happened to McCarthy? I don't know. This McCarthy was a, sick. This had to be a some, follow up. I know. Was it McCarthy back? Yeah. Gosh, he's been there forever. He's been there since what, I've been what's watching happened him. Him? Nobody's <laughs> touching him with a 10-foot pole. Because Aaron Rodgers Because everybody knows it was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers Everything. was a guy who got him fired. Aaron Rodgers was like, I'm tired of this coach. Get rid of him. Yeah. Who's our coach now? Doesn't matter. No, Aaron really. Rodgers. That's his coach. <laughs> Is he GM, too? <laughs> he writes all his teammates' contracts. Besides <laughs> <laughs> how much they get paid. You got to bring Aaron Rodgers a gift bag. Did you hear that Clay Matthews is gone? I heard that. Where'd he go? The Rams? Yes. That's crazy. He's been there. Gosh, how long? long? Yeah. Green Bay doesn't give up their players. I mean, they're a homegrown team. They like their guys drafted. But they've done a lot in the free agency this year, more than usual. They have. I think so. Well, they they do cycle through players a lot. God, why are we talking about Green Bay? I don't know. This is a Buccaneers podcast, and I hate Green Bay. (laughs) Because it's the off-season and we're bored. There's nothing (laughs) happening. As Arians would say, I'm bored. (laughs) Yeah. We got no money. We're bored. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm excited about that Shaquille Barrett. And Buchanan. He liked Buchanan. Definitely Buchanan. Uh, I was not excited about Shaquille when I first started watching the game film because, like I said, he he avoided contact too much for me. Uh, But he's, you know, he's light on his feet. He's got that second gear. And watching him in the 2017, he was fighting with the linemen and his blockers to get around them, doing a lot of spin moves. He wasn't going anywhere with them, but at least he was trying. In 2015, he was just kind of standing in front of them, trying to juke them out yeah. without touching them. So he, he'll play on either side. Yes, he right? does. He plays on the left and right side. He just switches back and forth. You know, I was just thinking, it just occurred to me, um, Carolina lost their left tackle, Matt Khalil. Yeah. And I think... Atlanta did, too. No, they signed Sambrillo. Yeah, but I think he's a backup. Is he a backup? I I know he was starting when he played us. I think so. Hmm. So you think they're left tackle deficient in our division? Maybe. And New Orleans lost Max Unger. Yeah. Oh, man, I tell you. Vita Vea is going to have a field day with that. Yeah. I'm so excited about him. Oh, my gosh. Can you see him crushing Drew Brees? Yes. He could probably pick Drew Brees up and, like, 
hold him like a toddler. <laughs> Karen, like Paris Hilton did, her little dog in a purse. <laughs> Who was the player that did that too? Was it Barry? Um, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins on Hard Knocks carried a little Chihuahua. He got a designer bag. He got this fluffy little white dog. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins is the Paris Hilton of the NFL. Yeah. It's hilarious. He like wore it though. He was like, wasn't he the one that was into the like? I am. He was into like the socks. I don't remember, but uh, that would not surprise me. Yeah, I always talked about his socks. I always wore fashion socks and stuff. I've had some socks for like twelve years. Yeah, I was doing laundry today. (laughs) I was like, these socks are still good. They've only got like four holes in them. (laughs) That's good. I got snap on socks. Snap on tooling. Snap on. Yeah. They're like all thick and everything. They got holes in them. That's how long I've had them. <laughs> I didn't even know designer socks were a thing. I never knew that carrying a dog around in a purse was a thing. <laughs> Come on, you watched Paris Hilton's reality I, show. I did watch Paris Hilton's reality show. I'm sure show. you did. And I watched, uh, me and you both watched Jersey Shore. I don't know what you're like talking about. Like it was about. crack cocaine. That's not true. But come on. I am going to vehemently deny that. <laughs> Jersey Shore was awesome. It was like Jerry Springer. I don't care how depressed you are, how bad life has you down. Watch Jerry Springer and you will feel good about yourself. It's It was the best. It was better than drugs, man. You watch that and you go, at least I am not that bad. <laughs> it's what you walked away from. And that's I, Jerry Springer. I don't know. It would make me feel kind of bad because it's like they're making millions of dollars being idiots. <laughs> not on Jerry Springer. There's a lot of people that do that, though. A lot of idiots making millions of dollars. This is true. <laughs> Speaking of which, the Kardashian kid, she's the youngest billionaire in history. Oh, my God. What's come of our society? Why is she a billionaire? What services does she offer? Surprisingly, she has a line of clothing and makeup and all that. So she's not getting it on just being a Kardashian. Well, I mean, she is just on the name. But at least she's manufacturing something. At least I can respect Kim for she broke that ground on her own with that sex tape. <laughs> That was she the, the first girls, one? Yeah. Was it Paris Hilton? Paris Hilton did it first, but they're friends with Kim. I hate that I even know this. <laughs> I don't know shit about a 3-4 defense, but let me tell you about Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Kim and Paris Hilton were friends. Paris Hilton did the sex tape first. They were friends, really? Yes. Oh. And I think Kim saw... Yeah. She did that, it. She was like, yeah, I want to be she did that. On, absolutely. You will see her doing interviews and she's, it's like that fake outrage where she, I can't believe someone would leak that. <laughs> good, like, good you leaked it yourself, idiot. We all know that. She cannot be outraged about anything, especially sexually. Have you seen some of the stuff she wears? Absolutely. She was wearing like a fishnet seat. Yeah, that was thing. the other sister. I can't. That was that. the ugly sister, Chloe. God, you just I, described all oh of my man, God. So, yeah. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't think anybody wants to hear us talk about this. Uh, let's listen to the Buccaneers podcast. Why am I hearing about the Kardashians? <laughs> this is one-star ratings coming our way. I know. Okay. All right, so I'm going to get that uh, video up on the website. I'll let you know. Next podcast, uh, I'll probably have it up. We've got company coming in this weekend, so I'm not going to be able to work on it. But I'm excited about it. And then I'm going to do some more game film on uh, Bryce and Bannon. Baron. Which one? Dayong. Buchanan. Buchanan. So you got his first name right now. I've been working hard on that first you, name. And, and then got, you lost the last name. We've got a, a Barrett and a Buchanan. Yes. This is way too similar. Too many B names. Yes. And I can't call him by his first name. i got to come up with a nickname. Shaq. For him. No, call I Shaq. can call Shaq, but the, yeah. the other guy, Day One. I can't, Day Own. Day Own. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't say his name, first name or last name correctly, so i got to come up with a nickname. 
Um, and money, he's a money backer. Money backer. At the end. There you so go. Yeah. So I'm going to do some film on Moneybacker. Have that up on the website. Uh, give you some my opinion on Bryce whenever I get to watch his game film. And uh, Watford, our new guard. I'm excited to see what he has to offer. So anyhow, going to get the video up on Shaq probably mid next week. And I'll let everybody know when it's up there so you can go check it out. I'm excited. I didn't even know you had it in the works. Yeah. It's like a surprise. Did it all last night. Still got to edit it up and everything, but got all the footage anyhow. That's the hard part. Yeah. Well, I'm excited now. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to watch it too. Uh, so that you can give your thoughts on Jack. Maybe I'll learn something about a 340 defense. <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch, we'll watch, uh, go on YouTube and watch 3-4 defense 101. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. All righty, guys. Until then. No risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> go Bucks.